Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game on a beautiful European journey. And we now know the next destination for that. Yes, in this mini episode, it is just Peter and I on Zoom talking about the draw, which has now taken place this day as we speak Friday. And we now know that we will be going to Roma for the last 16 game. Uh, An interesting scenario indeed. Um, A team... Very grand old club, storied club, um, maybe not in their best ebb at the moment, but that's not necessarily a bad thing for us, is it? Um, having said that, it could still be a tricky fixture. How are you feeling about it, Peter? Yeah, I mean, it's just phenomenal, isn't it, really? I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was convinced when Marseille were pulled out that we were definitely going to get them. Um, and when Villaray, Villarreal came out, I think I was uh, celebrating almost more than I did about the draw itself, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, they they only just scraped past Feyenoord last night, so they're definitely beatable. And Ali Reza Jahan missed the penalty in the shootout to uh, put them through. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the chance to go to the Olympic Stadium in Rome and yeah, watch Albion play is just something that you know, as with the other draws that we've had, it's something we never really thought was possible, and it's going to be sensational. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute pain. And it's not long to wait either. I know, this is the thing. I mean, we obviously knew about this well in advance that this was going to happen, but such a ridiculously tight turnaround because yeah. we had two legs uh, last week and this week on Thursdays. Uh, so it's all unfolded last night as we we're speaking. Um, so we've only really known who the who the people who might draw might be um, last night. The draw was 11 o'clock this morning, UK time. A much more underwhelming affair compared with the, uh, the group stage draw, actually. Fewer people there, less... Less fuss, really. Still a bit of waffle, of course, but they had to string out a 25-minute broadcast, didn't they? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's as good a draw as any, I suppose, in some ways, in terms of it's quite an accessible way place to get to. There's lots to do there for people to want to do things aside from the football itself. Yeah, um, I've not I've not been before, so I'm quite excited to see all the uh, historic stuff, historic yeah. shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, same here. Absolutely, I'm really looking we're, forward to. We're, we're going from the, the center of ancient of ancient Greece to the center of ancient Rome. Ironically. Yeah, it feels 
feels quite regions, appropriate, doesn't it? Roman Empire. So uh, yeah. yeah, we're going from like the two the, the the two big names in ancient empires. We're going to go and we're not we're not getting the uh, the um, any of the others though. That's it. I think I don't. I'm not sure anyone like Villarreal or Bayer Leverkusen are a centre of any ancient empire. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting in terms of the rest of the draw. Before we get on to talk any more, um, anything else stand out for you there, Pete? Uh, the a couple, so I think obviously it's like ones like Milan are quite strong favourite Liverpool. The ones that stood out, Villarreal, Marseille could be quite an interesting one. Yeah, I'd say that was that's a, a pretty even one. I wouldn't like to care to bet on it. I think ours is potentially one of the most interesting. Um, and there was another one that stood out to Atalanta against um against, and that's a weird night. Oh, and against Sporting Lisbon, I think it might be or someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite an interesting one. I mean, the other ones you'd fancy you'd fancy Benfica against Rangers. You'd fancy Milan against Prague, Leverkusen against Carabag, probably West Ham against Freiburg after they beat them twice in the group stage, and Liverpool against Sparta. So those five um, probably will be. You can see where they're going, but the other three could be very interesting. Yeah, indeed. Last night's games, by the way, really exciting. Some of it wasn't. Yeah. It? Oh, yeah, Caravan definitely wasn't uh, cheering Freiburg on to their three-two win against Lons on aggregate. Oh, no, sorry, three-two win, but yeah, on aggregate as well as overall on the night. Because um, yeah, Lons was just like going to be the typical, and then it became Marseille will be the typical one. And, yeah, we're always going to get someone like that, and then the, we didn't. So yeah, but I mean the, the things around Sparta, Carabag, um, Roma actually with their equaliser, which was sensational, um, and um, Galatasaray. There was a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Lots of back backwards and forwards to and throwing couldn't really see how it's going to pan out just what how you want the excitement from a neutral yeah. point of view and for us as well temporary neutrals i suppose albeit we had some wish lists um, yeah we had some we had some definite teams we didn't want to go through yeah um, seeing galatasaray go out was quite good because it obviously is a bit of a it's there's partly this like the the antagonization not that i think roma fans are pretty friendly but the antagonization of the uh turkish fans but also zaha elements as well so exactly. Know what happened? There. I'm not sure I'm going to get my wish to be able to get the train to a game though, which is what I was hoping for. That I think probably we'll get. We've got another place we're going to go to where the police will almost be more scary than the actual fans. Yeah, well, the maybe... police have a certain um, reputation, shall we say, when, they, when they're involved in so football. The fans. So do the fans. If you go, there's yeah. a bridge. I think you will cross to go to the stadium from the centre, and they're notorious for kind of like slashing with razors the backs of legs and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if it still goes on, but that's that's how it. I imagine stopped. we'll be taken in by coach anyway, so yeah. I don't think there'll be a. Hmm. I don't. I don't see us being allowed to wander through Rome and in. Yeah. In the middle of the night, and I will go by coach, even if it's quite early, because yeah, I think they might have a. They've got a certain reputation, Roma. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should get our Lazio fans to defend us. <laughs> they can come out and protect us. Oh, man. <laughs> be like you were in Athens and all the Olympiacos and Panathinaikos fans were congratulating us on winning. And they were like, loving it. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Well, yeah, we might get some free drinks off Lazio fans. Who knows? That would we win. <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic. R- really can't wait. Looking forward to it. Good draw for me. I've not been to the city before. Wife's not interested in going, and she's been before, so that worked out well as in that point of view as well. And um, yeah, hopefully, although I've had some stresses with um, travel plans, um, looks like something might be sorted now at a reasonable price because it was uh, it was getting yeah. a pr- a pretty pretty stressful on that. Yeah, we've, side. we've sorted. Um, I think we've sorted everything now, so that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well cool. done. So that's a relief. Superb. Um, in terms of uh, 
a few other bits to talk about quickly before we wrap up. And obviously, if you get any more thoughts on Europe, throw them in there, obviously, uh, Pete. But um, I was going to say there's a few other bits that have happened, which which we didn't talk about on the last podcast. Um, unfortunately, we didn't see Worthing win, which is a shame. Um, but um, there's been a few a few things to talk about. I mean, first of all, I've just thought about one scenario, talking about European uh, affairs. Xabi Alonso, of course, everyone's assumed would be going to Liverpool. We've now found out that Thomas Tuchel is going to leave Bayern Munich at the end of this season. So There's a similar... lot of big clubs going being managers at the end of the season, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. A similar announcement to the Klopp one as well in terms of there's forewarning. Well, and of... barring the fact that I think he's actually not done a good job there. That's a big, big difference. Yeah. Whereas Klopp's leaving uh, in potentially with a league title and other stuff. Yeah. Tuchel's leaving maybe without a trophy for Bayern, which yeah. is unusual. There is one worry from an Albion point of view, though, and that is that Bayern Munich want Alonso and their agents have apparently been contacted and have suggested they will be conducive to the notion whether Alonso himself really wants to go there, especially with Liverpool being a, a prime obvious alternative that's already on the cards, um, is another matter. But if for any reason he did go to Bayern, obviously then Liverpool will be defaulting to their yeah. second and third choices and we all know what that might mean um so it's a little well, bit... i've seen them live with the sporting manager as well this week so um and, and marim or her name is so I, I think i think my biggest shock this week though it wasn't about too cool like the biggest shock about buying this week was i read that, that eric dyer might not be staying there because of concerns over his, his pace and ability <laughs> yeah no, how, how did that I, I just one of those signs i just don't understand i mean Tottenham didn't play him when they played at the Amex, even though they had no fit centre-backs. Yeah. They, had no, they would the rather German play Champions. two full-backs at centre-back than play Eric Dyer. Yet Bayern Munich, who were trying to win the Champions League and, and Bundesliga, thought that he would be worthwhile taking on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just... Literally, they played no centre-backs rather than play him. Yeah. <laughs> it makes zero sense. And Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolute madness. Um, it is quite amusing, isn't it? There's been a few odd ones like that that have come out recently. Um, in other matters to do with um, the big clubs, I mean, we've we've also so Jim Ratcliffe has now got this twenty five percent share that's now formally gone through. He's now starting to push some buttons and try and get stuff organised. He's mouthing was, off quite a lot as well. He's mouthing off. And he's he's been talking about Man United as being the the most famous club and the most successful club in the world. I don't know. I wouldn't say definitely. Say Real, as much as I hate Real Madrid, I think they're the most successful club in the world. Yeah, and, and Liverpool are the most successful club in in England. Yeah. Market he, trophies. He sounds like he fits United fan base very well. To be yeah, fair. I mean, he wanted Sam Jewell uh, reputedly, and um, he's obviously after Ashworth as well. Ashworth's gone on gardening leave. Newcastle are grumpy about that. A lot of that. gardens going, gardening leave going around at the moment. I know. I mean, it's too wet this time of year, isn't it, though? What can you really yeah, do? Yeah, but then, well, to be fair, it's not going to be short term. So they've got the whole summer as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can put, put in some spring plans, can't you, I suppose? Although with the money they're probably getting paid while on gardening leave, they can probably afford to like pay a gardener quite a lot of money and not worry about it. Yeah. Well, on the subject of gardening leave and pertaining to the Albion, again, not good news. It seems Sam Jewell has decided he's going to accept the Chelsea offer. Uh, he's now been placed on gardening leave himself, and he's 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 outbound, um, which is irritating. It's irritating because of how quickly he's gone from getting into that key role. I know he's been a key figure in general before this, but he's you know in the head honcho role, so to speak. Um, he's um, he's going so soon. It's irritating. It's irritating where he's going. It's Chelsea irritating. just kind of collecting our head of recruitments. Is that yeah. kind of the thing? I mean, it just seemed. I mean, I understand that money talks and all that, but 
that club is just a mess. And I don't understand why any person with decent professional standards would actually want to move there. It's, an, it's a joke club. I mean, they're already talking about selling Sanchez now, apparently. Yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, a lot so, of you know, that's going to go well. Like and, I say, and Mudrick as well, who apparently the coaching staff said was stupid or didn't have a footballing brain or something. I mean, again, it's about due diligence. And okay, they can get people in that might be better suited to finding out who's got due, who's who's suitable in terms of playing staff. If you've got someone like Sam Jewell, maybe that'll work better. And it does show their looking... diligence, it'll be there, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. But it shows they're looking to get into the South American market and maybe to tap up more talent at source, which is not really their, the big club's modus operandi. And... Well, no, but their idea of doing that is spending £30 million on that Ecuadorian 15-year-old, or his name is Ke- uh, Kendry Paz or something, Paz or something like yeah. that. Their idea of doing that is not it's not going out and buying Barco for like nine million from Boca or spending five million on, on Casado. It's yeah, spending like I mean, yeah, thirty million on a fifteen, sixteen year old. That that's their idea of the South American young players market. Are they really going to give chances to people they've spent so little on? Or are they even going to be able to spend so little? Will there automatically be a bigger markup for Chelsea? Yeah. You know, it's, it does seem that that's not their model. It would be really funny if this all fell apart massively. I mean, oh. I can't help feeling in the end they'll just like manage to find enough gems that they'll do okay. But if yeah. if they all spectacularly fell apart, there was a report the other day that apparently if they get into Europe, they're screwed because the financial <laughs> fair play in Europe is much stricter and that they wouldn't be able to get away with their con acts, basically. And they, they'd actually fail financial fair play to get into Europe. So in a way, they want to lose the League Cup final this weekend, which is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I really want them to lose anyway to keep the extra European spot open because Liverpool obviously won't finish below us. But hmm. if they won, it would be a bonus to to know that it might screw them financially and uh... It'd be a good comp- compensation, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be. Maybe funny. they'll sell Colwell to us in the summer. Yeah, well, I know you you said on unearthing some gems, and obviously they're a nice little unintended pun there, just Sam Jewell. Um, but it, I mean, he... I mean, it was completely intended. Yeah. <laughs> Are you disappointed with? where he's chosen to go based on the fact that he's very likely to have had Man United come calling. I know there's no guarantee with that, which is admittedly a slants the argument the other way. But, you know, you would have thought Man United or even other clubs, maybe... And a Man U, he'd have had a better job as well. It sounds like yeah. he's got some sort of weird made-up job whereby he's involved in the different teams in their various... I mean, that's not a job. He's like mm. literally head of recruitment here. He's, he's worked his way up. Yeah, I would have expected him to go to an equivalent job somewhere else at a bigger club. Yeah, if he's, he's got head of recruitment at Chelsea, I could kind of forgive it. But yeah, the fact that he's gone for some sort of basically he's gone for the money, and it's pretty pathetic to be honest. I mean, that club is just a joke. Can they not do their own scouting? Do they have to just nick our scouts and our and our recruitment team? And all along, they don't know that the problem is that the actual algorithm can't be replicated anyway. So yeah, they're not wising up to this at all, are they? Which is quite astounding. Um, I mean, they all they end up doing is nicking one or two short-term targets of us. Like Fafana, who is now on loan at Burnley and not barely getting a game there. It's like, I mean, if he'd come to us, he'd have been so much better off, not financially, but generally. He'd have probably got chances with us, you know. Ferguson's been off form this year, some time at times. Welbeck's been injured. He probably would have got a fair number of games this season. He may have got games last season as well when we were struggling with injuries. You know, and he's instead he's been loaned out initially by Chelsea, loaned out again this season to Burnley, isn't getting any game time. And he's, he's basically kind of screwed his career up for a you know a lot of money early on when actually if he come to us he'd have been yeah a lot better off and you know more and more players are seeing that you know you see what Ibrahim Osman his quotes online about how excited he is to come and Brightoner is, is seen as a you know a you know a big kind of chance and the comments from uh, from Barco about speaking to Bolognese and how much he 
you know, said about the club and also McAllister as well. And, you know, these these players see that we're, the, you know, some clubs can say, well, we'll give you a chance for that, but we, we can prove it and we can prove that we will let them go at the right price as well. Yeah, our model is set up perfectly and Chelsea are trying to replicate it. They're not that kind of club. They're a bigger no, club. No, they're not. And their fan base is not that sort of fan base. Exactly. That's and the that crucial is, thing. That's the crucial thing, exactly. Yeah. Um, they speak- don't want young players to be given a chance. They want to win things immediately. Yeah. Um, no, so they- and it's hilarious. They're still below us at this minute in time. And they may, they may not finish below us, but the fact they spent, like, they brought in about, what, 12, 13 of our staff over the last year and a bit and spent, like, 225 million on it. And they're still below us is... Genius, their model, their model always should be uh, paying risk premiums so that they get what they uh, the, yeah. the finished product or thereabouts. But, but they're doing that without the actual finished product. I mean, Mudrick, they paid insane amount of money for for a player who was coming mm-hmm. from the Ukrainian league. Arsenal were being quoted about two thirds of what they eventually paid. Yeah, they're paying these big premiums, but for players who are proven, yeah. It's madness, isn't it? Um, you were speaking about Barco there. Of course, uh, he has now arrived since uh, we were last talking. Um, I think there's rumours online that he's been very impressive so far and actually might be near the team's next couple of, couple of games. Yeah, and I mean... Val- tomorrow were Wolves. Valentin almost arrived on Valentine's Day, I think, thereabouts, didn't he, as well, rather appropriately. Um, I was listening to a podcast where Tim Vickery, a uh, world football phone-in, where Tim Vickery was talking about Barco. There's quite a bit of coverage on, uh, I think it was the episode before last, and they were raving about him, saying a great player. And what he liked about him is that, um, well, he liked the fact that Brighton have bridged this gap where teams, sorry, players wouldn't come directly to English teams. They would go via Portugal. Yeah. Netherlands sort of thing, and then yeah. it'd be very expensive afterwards. Partly smooth that over by loaning back in some occasions, but we, we, you know, in this case, he's coming directly over, which is an interesting change. And somehow we seem to have bridged that gap successfully. And Ciso, Bonanotte, yeah, and he was mentioning those players. Know, all of them, McAllister as well, via a loan yeah. spell. Right? They've all kind of a couple of them have gone via loan spells, but they've all come over directly from South America. Yeah. And um, he he was also saying that, um, and this is possibly already known by people, but um, it was Barco that was engineering the the trigger to get the cheaper um, the cheaper deal because he wanted to come to Brighton. He said in the past teams wouldn't have heard of Brighton, or if they did, they wouldn't really know anything about them. But he specifically wanted to come to Brighton because he thought that was going to be his best for want of a better word, expression, stepping stone club. Um, he knew he could enjoy the Premier League, enjoy some good times and good football, good coaches. Even if He'd it's be given time, time as well. There won't be the immediate time. pressure to do well. And he will get game time. And he knew, yeah. knew all that. And because he engineered, he wanted the move, he engineered the cheaper price that we got, which I think was nine mil, wasn't it? Um, and also, I think what Tim Fickery was suggesting is that what he's probably done is he said, look, I'll get you the cheaper rate by wanting out and triggering that that cheaper arrangement um if you'll let me get, go to the olympics and which of course he has done and that's why they delay him coming back which is an interesting and probably quite logical um uh, suggestion yeah. of what there was a suggestion that he was pushing to try and walk to try and take a slightly lower fee for him but with a with set on so that he got but but it sounds like we basically just got a nine million straight deal so there's no set on so we just get all the money if he goes for 40 50 60 in the future we've done i it mean again, yeah he sounds a very exciting prospect again i mean Again, we've signed a load of young players in the window, but they all sound very, you know, talented and exciting. Ibrahim yeah, Osman. I would have liked a, Osman, a, a yeah. more experienced defensive midfielder, but you know, I'm, it's, it's just at the moment, just loving a ride, aren't you? It's that like FA Cup fifth round, yeah, you know, second round of your uh, last sixteen in Europe, still in the top half of the league. I mean, it's just insane, and we're, you know, players are coming back now. Hopefully, we won't lose too many more to injuries, and we 
in the second half of the season could be amazing. We've already got the 38 points that used to be a big thing for staying up. And now it's like we got in February, despite the worst injury hit season and Europe as well. Yeah, no, no, none of us were even giving it that a second thought until somebody mentioned it as well. You know, it's, it's not even a consideration now. The first few seasons, that was a huge moment. It was like, yeah. and I think even the second season, we didn't reach it. They were yeah. just lucky that we stayed up. And then mm. now it's like, well, we've just got 38 points before. Like, yeah. we could have, if we were to win tomorrow, we'd have 40, over 40 points by the end of yeah. February. And said, in a season where we've had extra European games and terrible injuries. And we've, I know we've all we've all been moaning a little bit about what could have gone on in the transfer window, and maybe Deserby wasn't happy with that. But when all said and done, things are starting to come back to normality a little bit. We're starting to get some. Yeah. Although Matoma's out tomorrow, should have blow. Yeah, Hopefully that's not too serious. But well, it's also in- back on the bench, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, that game of Wolves, he hasn't played since then, obviously. But that game of Wolves, he was incredible. Yeah. He like set up two solid March goals and. And he's back brilliant. just in time to face Wolves again, which is great. But I'm getting those people back, and, and now you look at it, the, the transfer window, and you think, well, okay, we signed some for the future in January, and that's what yeah. we normally do. Now we can look at that with fondness a bit more, thinking, okay, well, they've got those guys in. We've got Osman in the summer that you mentioned just now earlier on. You and consider also- what we thought. I mean, Dingra was six, seven million from them, and we're paying potentially about yeah. double that, more than double that. And I was going to on the field good factor, I was going to mention a dinger because not also we got four points against Palace, including giving them a resounding home thrashing, which was nice. But we've also got the other field good factor of a dinger going to uh, the yeah. African Cup of Nations and being a shining light in that competition, being a man of the match in the final, uh, setting up a goal for the final, and and then winning the tournament, and us being able to welcome back another um, another win, not this, not World Cup this time, but a um, a regional international. Yeah. Champion, it's just fantastic, superb. Lots of things to be. Um, happy. when Lewis Dunk scores a winner in the Euros final, then uh, we'll have the next one. Yeah, well, there's people saying now, Jao Pedro scores a winner in the Copper America. Yeah, all of that, all of that. But there are people talking about Lewis Dunk and a sort of pretty prominent journalists saying how they can't understand how Lewis Dunk hasn't been in the England no, team. That's being mentioned more now. I don't know if Peter's like hindsight. The irony is, is he he's actually we actually had a worse defensive record by far of I think mean, over the recent years this season because of the way we play and all that. But yeah. he and Van Hecker have still stood out massively. Yeah, because they're, they're still good defenders. It's just the system yeah. doesn't allow for as many clean. I think Palace talk about like Anderson and Gay, but the fact is they have a team that sits deep and defends deep and and mm. I actually I don't I don't mind Gay getting in ahead of Band ahead of Dunk because. He's much younger. I get that now. I mean, Southgate should have given a lot more caps over the last five years when he wasn't like 31, 32 sort of thing. But I get why they, they'd rather play gay now over Dunk when, you know, he's 22 or something like that and Dunk's 31. But it was, it's more that he should have played more over the last four or five years that is the issue with me. And he, I mean, I think he'll probably be in the squad. I mean, similarly, Pascal Grosch is like, you know, suddenly got into the German squad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so He's pretty, you know, pretty likely to make the Euros. That's our new specialism, getting uh, players into international squads in the latter day part of their career. Seems well, Beckham and Milana are getting called up again to the uh, England <laughs> squad. They make a return to England for the Euros. Maybe, maybe not. Yes, I'm not so sure about that one. But it what is about Milner? Good. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. But I mean, Lewis Dunk coming up would be brilliant if he is in the England squad. As far as Gaia goes, do you see that thing? There's some Palace fan on Twitter talking about how, oh, you wouldn't see um, no, none yeah. of the big guys are coming in for Lewis Dunk the way that a couple of people linked with Gaia. I think it's uh, Liverpool and 
Man U, is it, or somebody? And he goes, oh, you wouldn't see that happening. And I think it's um, I think it's uh, Scott, isn't it, from We Are Brighton. Somebody put a, a reply up just with showing loads and loads of different links. Uh, with you know, Dunk's been linked with Chelsea and Liverpool, Man United and Tottenham and all those clubs in the past. So you know, that doesn't hold water anyway. But um, They're getting then- excited now. Their new managers come in. I give it like six months and it'll be like kind of thrown out because it's, and Hodge will be back in the in position. Yeah, we kind of got rid of Hodgson, didn't we? I mean, I know he lasted for another match, sort of, but he was in hospital anyway for that. But, uh, you know, I think we we were the final death knell there, weren't we? Again, which is great. Same with Vieira. Um, and they just I, couldn't admit it by actually sacking him after yeah, yeah after playing us. It's annoying. Luton couldn't have got a result against Man United, to be honest. And yeah, I, I mean, I think Palace will be okay. Annoying. They've got Burnley and Luton at home next two games, and I'll probably get at least four points from that, and that'll pull them away. I've and got that's annoying. Of- they're lucky that there are two dreadful teams and one very, very cheaply put together team, which means they're going to be inconsistent. And then Everton and, and Forest potentially as well. I mean, points deductions. They picked a good season to be dreadful. Yeah, I think it's, they're lucky. The hope is that if they have to sell one or two like Gay and um, Elise in the summer, that they replace them badly and then. Yeah. We don't know much about, I mean, Oliver Grashner, the German who's come in, who was going to come in the summer, it's been brought forward. Um, I mean, he's done quite well. I think it's Wolfsburg and Stuttgart, is it? He was out of Eintracht Frankfurt, Frankfurt. he won the Europa League. Yeah. So he's done well. He's potentially good, apparently. It's it's a different thing in the Premier League. So who knows how it'll do, you know? They're not not good at giving people time. I mean, Vieira had a bad patch and they got rid of him pretty quickly. De Boer had six games in charge, whatever, you know, it's. Yeah. It's it's always a risk when you bring someone in frame. They could be in a new Deserby who does brilliantly for them. Exactly. You know, according to Palace fans, their squad's pretty much the best in the league anyway. So you <laughs> know, if they get a good manager, they're pretty much going to guarantee to win the title, I think. Well, the reality is it's, he plays an attacking brand of football, according to Gay, who was inter- uh, interviewed the other day, um, which is always They don't good. have a squad for that. They have a they squad have for the counter-attack. Let's look at Burnley, you know, for exa- an example. Yeah. Um, admirable to try and do it, but well, you... they've got a significantly better squad than Burnley. In fairness, and it's not. Oh, yeah. sort of, I, I think that's probably not going to work out in that comparison. But I think it's more that their squad is set up to counter attack, so they're going to yeah. have to probably sell one or two key players to then bring in the players that he needs. And then it's a question: Does do they get the right ones? You know, yeah, they've got no depth in that squad. You know, they were moaning about how how many injuries they had. They're about four or five, and we had like, we've had like ten on average probably for the last six months. Yeah. We've still done better than they have, you know. So it's like, well, exactly. Um, yeah, some ex-player. I'm sorry, some players that we've got on loan have been doing quite well. By the way, Mark Leonard scored another really good goal the other mm. day. Um, there's a couple of players are doing well. I think Ed Turns got a goal at one point. They've all been doing well. An ex-member of staff, um, Polly Bancroft, who I think we had on this podcast, didn't we? If I'm not mistaken, um, who's who went over to Man United to be head of football there. Uh, it's, she's announced that she's leaving at the end of the season. She's going to become the chief executive for Grimsby Town FC, as in you know the men's operation, which is an interesting crossover there. Um, came across pretty well when we spoke to her, and she's. I think she's pretty good at her job. It's a shame we lost we lost her to Man U, but it's also a shame that she's ended up there. Would have liked to have seen her for over a longer period. Maybe yeah. maybe that could have made a difference to the women's team. It's hard to Jerry say. Jerry Barton will be pleased, won't he? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so another benefit of the uh, appointment. Yeah. Well, one other thing I just mentioning from yesterday, it wasn't all all just about the Europa League. It was also about The Apprentice with Phil Turner, one of oh, three don't, don't tell me when... Turner Pies, uh, still in there despite a fourth successive defeat in his team. Don't, don't tell me what happens. I've, I've not watched The Apprentice yesterday. Ah, shit. <laughs> well, he's still in. Yeah, so it's... um. 
but I, I celebrated. Um, I went down to see my parents at the, uh, yesterday during the day. So I picked. I went to the Rustington branch of Turner Pies, which I've not been to before. Had a really good chat with the guys in there. Really nice bunch, actually. And they were talking about him. Um, he's one of three brothers, isn't he? That, um, that the kind of the grandchildren of the original uh, founder of the company. Uh, really good pies. And I thought, you know what? I'll bring a, a Turner's pie home, some Scotch eggs and sausage rolls to have at some point. We had the Turner pie last night while watching The Apprentice. What, what better way to live? What than... irony. Yeah. Well, sort sort of. It's in force, though. It was a deliberate ploy, so I don't know if you can call it ironic. Um, final thing for me, Peter, have you got anything more on the Europa? Obviously, throw it in. Uh, but Yeah, so I, I have a, a, a comment that... Uh... I had from um, I had from well, Fee earlier asking yeah, me how on. many times I'm going to say when in Rome when we're in Rome, and uh, I think it's going to yeah. be countless. You're not probably the answer. You're not one for a crap pun at all. So no, I'm, sure I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I only make the best puns to be honest. Over and over, and I, I might just say what are the Womans ever done for us? Quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um actually Peter what so, sewage systems, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, do you know I'm the Judean people's front and I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by them and like fight them when I go to the Coliseum. Should we get should we get t shirts made up? One of them's got Judean people's front, <laughs> the other one's got people's front. People's front <laughs> and what was the other one? There was like another one as well, and they were like, Oh, that's him over there, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh magnificent. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if anyone would actually get those jokes uh, amongst the locals. Uh, okay, over- just be like what the hell mate just shut up no i think these these puns are terrible in fact i'd probably award them blue cards that's my final subject i wanted to talk about very quickly this whole thing about blue cards that's been suggested it's all to do with sim bins basically um having a what was being described as an orange card offense they're now calling a blue card offense they're planning to bring in a blue card system to give sim bin like a visa in america or something yeah, exactly. What's green cards? Was that yeah. a green card? Yeah, they like can bring them in. You have to like reapply to go back on the pitch. I mean, this, this has worked fairly well in amateur football. You've got to and I, I promise to behave well in future if yeah. you want to go back on the pitch. <laughs> This has worked fairly well in amateur football. And the final season where I was coaching at Sunday League for, uh, men's team, they did introduce it. And it's been working well in grassroots level, which is fine. And that makes sense because I think it does work at that level. When you're getting into the professional ranks, it is a crazy idea because, again, quoting Tim Vickery again, actually, he was talking about how, well, there's just going to be shenanigans going on. Um, as soon as there's a 10-minute period or whatever it's going to be, They'll, the, the teams have a way of winding down the clock. They will, but they will just burn out that time, uh, and they'll just be. Well, Marston would just stand with the ball over the ball over goal kick, and they'll yeah. just get the whole ten minutes let off for it. Yeah, I mean, people have said, "Oh, what happened to the goalkeepers, Simbin?" Well, obviously, you put an outfield player in for the period. That's not really an issue, actually, as far as I'm concerned. But the issue is, I just don't think it's necessary. It's another way of refs I, I... potentially getting things wrong, definitely of complicating the game. I don't see where it's going to work well, and it's been universally panned by all of the. Yeah, coaches. so I, I did. I have thought there is a a use for it because I think it does work well in rugby, for example. But I think there are offences whereby, for example, there's someone breaking on a halfway line and there's one or two defenders around, so it's not a red card, but actually you just take the foul. And actually there is a reason, you know, actually would punish someone that isn't actually a bad idea. However, they don't have a fucking idea about the rules at the moment anyway. So why add more rules to make it more yeah. complicated? Sort the ones out you're getting wrong first, you know. Yeah. Um, it just. Uh... So I think the one thing I am pleased with is the fact they're potentially doing VAR on second yellows next year. Which I think it's yeah. a no-brainer. I don't understand that why they've not done that straight away. It's the second yellow has the same impact on the game as a, a straight red. Why yeah. are they not VAR in that as well? 
It is no, no. brainer. There's absolutely no reason not to do that. And um, it's yeah, frustrating. But obviously, you can't do it all yellows. That would be ridiculous. But to have a second yellow, you yeah. If you if you're unlucky with the first yellow and then you commit a silly foul, that's stupid. Then that's your problem. But if mm. you yeah, if you genuinely don't touch the player or it's like he dives or you get the ball, then you shouldn't be sent off. And it doesn't matter whether it's a straight red or a or a second yellow. No, exactly. That's right. And obviously, there's bits with VAR to sort out. I do think yeah. a clock stopping scenario might be an answer. But also, yeah, I, I think that thirty-five minute halves or whatever with the clock stopping is actually a way forward. Yeah, you don't want, you're never going to play forty-five minutes of actual football because we'd be there all day. Do that. 90, minutes, 90 seconds maximum for consideration of VAR and, and don't overthink it and have automated offside. So it doesn't matter what the rule is. You've yeah. got a hard rule that will just work for everyone and there's no controversy in yeah. terms of what decisions you're making because it, it's telling you, like, call that off, call that on. You have as much as I, do, I don't advocate VAR, I think mm-hmm. last Sunday was a perfect example of how it should work. Yeah. The referee couldn't see the foul very well. I'm not even sure he actually gave the free kick. I think the linesman gave a free kick. Then mm. said, book him. He may not have had the perfect view either. And then within about 20 seconds, they went, yeah, you need to look at this again. Um, I mean, that was one of those more complicated ones. It's not quite like that game where there was three incidents in the Arsenal match. But it, it's, yeah. it's, oh, no, it's, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's one where you can see it in the end. It, it just takes two, three But views. that's what VAR's there for, because he had got away with it you know, five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Literally, Holgate would have been on, would have been yellow carded and been got away with it, and and it wouldn't even have been banned afterwards because the referee saw or someone saw it, so he got a yellow card. Hmm. So he wouldn't have even been banned up the three match ban afterwards. Not onto the old rules, no, no, yeah. I don't know if they still do. I presume they don't have that, and um, they haven't reintroduced that. I wouldn't think because um, VAR was is another VAR would say, yeah, um, would say. yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, for what was probably the worst tackle I've seen in years, I mean, he would have got away with five years ago. I don't, I don't, I'm not advocating VAR. I think it's been. I think it's been handled badly generally. I think actually Europa, Europa League has shown how it can be done. The, mm. the way it's been done generally this season in the Europa League has been a lot better. It's just that yeah. for some reason Premier League, which is the richest league in the in the world, can't get it right. Yeah. Anyway, Germany and Holland have both done. Netherlands have both done. You know, VAR well. Other countries done it well. I don't understand why the yeah literally the, the league with the most money by a distance mm. can't get it right, and it's. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, it's on to Europa League, obviously coming up soon. Um, in terms of that, I mean, it's going to be tough to to, to get any uh, much further than this. Roma, we might be able to beat them, but um, it did remind me of the draw of how tough the other half of the draw is. Yeah. When you look at Liverpool, you looked at what Leverkusen have been doing, and then obviously you've got fiddly teams like West Ham and um, and clubs like that in there. I forgot there was another Prague team in as well. Slavia are still yeah. in. Yeah, they were the ones who finished above Roma. Yeah. Um, so there's, um, you know, there are. Awesome it shows how strong the Europa League is that only two, I think, Champions League teams got through. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Milan and and Benfica were the only two, I think. And Benfica were were quite lucky. I mean, Toulouse, I, I saw that game last night, and Toulouse had a lot of chances to get back into that game and win it. Yeah, yeah, it really was a, a close one. And the conference, um, of course, our um, our former opponents, Ajax, are now up against Villa. Tough game for them. Very tough game for them. I don't see them beating Villa, to be no, honest. No, I don't it's see them beating game Villa either. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's probably about the, the one of the toughest ones Villa could have got, in a sense that Ajax are better than they were when we played them. But, yeah, yeah. I think Villa will win that quite comfortably still. They, uh, Alkmaar, I think, were second in the, in the table, I think it was, in that, uh, at the moment, or when they played them. And they beat them comprehensively both yeah. times, I think. So, I, I don't see them slipping up there. I think they'll 
I think given the results last night, Eintracht Frankfurt went out and someone else quite big went out as well. Um, I think Villa are a strong favourites for that tournament. Yeah. I would say so, definitely. As for us, our next opponents, we've got um, three games coming up before the Europa League match. Um, we have, of course, tomorrow, as we're speaking, that's Saturday, the Everton home game. We've then got Wolves in the Cup on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Real Betis was the other one I was surprised about. They're out Betis. as well. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so we've got Everton, we've got Wolves away. Another tough match there, actually. That's going to be a tricky one. And yeah, I don't we... fancy our chances there, given the games we've got. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got Fulham away. In terms of the Everton game, I'm not actually going to make it down now. I've had to, a mixture of budgetary reasons, uh, train major train hassles, including up my end as well as down there, and various other reasons besides I'm not able to make the game. And the fact that uh, I've got a chronic allergy to dice ball um, is another reason why I'm quite happy to miss it. Hopefully I will be wrong to be happy to miss it because I'm hoping we can get a result. We haven't got a good record against Daesh. Last season, there was a pretty unpleasant experience at the Amex against them. Um, well, how do you see it? We've going? not beaten Dice at home in the Premier League, and we've not beaten Fulham at all in the Premier League. So uh... yeah. we mentioned it before, but those really are two fiddly games coming up, aren't they? And on top of which, we've got to deal with Wolves uh, in the middle of it all as well. So some... yeah, Wolves are the, arguably the form team in the. Uh... Although that will change this weekend because I predicted them. So yeah, you know. Yeah, and this is the this is the tough period again in terms of the fixture congestion. We're just coming into it now, aren't we? As from this moment on, we've got uh, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. I think, haven't we? And then yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's if we lose to Wolves and City win, we might get a week. We get a weekend at the end before international break off. But if oh, we yeah. either either both us and City lose, or we win against Wolves, we have that we'll cup game. So it's so we yeah, could have two weekends, seven off. games in. 22 days, I think, if we beat Wolves. Yeah. So fingers crossed, people that are coming back can stay back. The modders, the uh, purvises, the uh, now CISOs, as you've just mentioned. He's um, actually shown some real form recently, whereas he's struggled a bit. And he's uh, there. saying he started three games in a row for the first league games in a row for the first time in ages. Yeah. And as far as uh, Mitima goes, what I haven't picked up on that. What was the The back injury? Apparently, doesn't say more. He was struggling with it already before the game last weekend, apparently, as well. Those sort of things. But then NCSO, NCSO will be on the subs bench tomorrow, which is yeah. amazing. Wonderful. I mean, he's he's just the kind of guy to unlock the sorts of defences that we're going to be well, coming Yeah, up. he's just happy to take shots. He's got a really good shot from long range. And that's the sort of thing you need when your team is playing a mass defence and you don't really have, you know, kind of, you don't you can't break them down you know, the way we normally play. He's happy yeah. to take a pot shot, can take a deflection. It could, you know, fly in anyway. You know, he's, yeah. He's been missed hugely. He was brilliant at the end of last season. Started this season superbly with a couple of assists at Wolves. And then, you know, when you look back to that game and Mitama, who scored the first goal, basically a solo goal, has hardly featured over the last few months. Hmm. Um, Estepinian scored the second. He has has been out for quite a long time. And then Enciso set up Martin to the other two. And they've both been out for a long time. And Martin will continue to be. It shows how unlucky we've been with injuries. Yeah, it shows, and I wonder why we didn't beat uh, Wolves in the return game at the Amex. <laughs> no. Oh, we had no wingers, did we? It was like literally like the most. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, I, should, and, I was yeah. glad of that. To be honest, I mean, I only watched it on TV, but I was glad to take a point from that. They looked a lot more dangerous. Yeah, and and CISO, um has only scored four goals in the Premier League so far, but I think the fact is it's the type of goals he has scored. Yeah. But um, also, they were the last two months of last season. He didn't really get a place until yeah. that spell. Then he had two games this season with two assists, and then hasn't scored, hasn't played since. So. You know, it's he. He was really key in that run-in when other players got injured or had knocks or struggled a bit or knackered. He came in and really 
stepped up and yeah so fingers crossed for tomorrow and for the other games and we'll be back with our next one it won't be a match day special because i'm not down there but um, we'll maybe do a review next week or possibly yeah. something related to the be a match game. day special next saturday at fulham yeah well you're going to that as well aren't you same yeah. as me yeah, yeah I, haven't been, I haven't been for i missed the last two because of covid and because of i think we were supposed to be going away the week of the the last time we played them so the last yeah. time i went there was the the horrendous one where we were two up at half time and lost four two which was <laughs> not a fun yeah. evening not not ideal, no, exactly. So I'm hoping I mean, for a lot better this time. Yeah, maybe meet up with Emilio, our Fulham supporting friend. Maybe I don't know. We're not met. He him might not before. be a friend afterwards. <laughs> Do it beforehand, then. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Peter, that's been great. So, um, thank you for joining me. Um, so it's Roma. We've got that to look forward to, and let's hope we can get some decent results in the meantime as well. So, until next time, Peter, stand or fall. Up the Albion. Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.